Hello and welcome to episode 101 of Starside Cafe. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. And with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Yeah, it was funny. When we stopped recording last week, we were like, we totally forgot to mention that it was our 100th episode. Yeah, I went to like name my audio and I was like, oh man, uh, we just did episode 100. <laughs> we did not talk about it at all. <laughs> Well, happy 101 episodes. We're breaking off another hundo. Breaking off. We're Yeah, maybe we'll be better about this. And by the time we get to episode 200, we will have like a special when, episode of some sort. Do you think the PS6 will be out by episode 200? That's a good question. I How many years did it take us to get to 100? A lot of years. Because <laughs> we, we stopped like- down at some points. Yeah, we were definitely not super consistent in the first few years of us doing this podcast. There were so. a periods of time where I had jobs where I was just like, a work for one, working on the weekends, as well as just like totally drained, where I was just like, I can't do it this week. But we both kind of settled into a thing where most of the time, and also the pandemic started happening, so that made us, I think, more regular. Yeah. Um, but now we've been pretty consistent over the last like year and a half, I feel like. Yeah, so we've definitely picked up the pace at which we're churning out these episodes, for sure. But here's to 100 more. Here's to 100 more. Uh, do you want to start off with some bummer news? that, Or I guess it's not really bummer news, but like this is a weird thing that I saw that I didn't even put it in our show notes because I wasn't sure if we wanted to talk about it or not. But uh, this Angry Birds nonsense, have you seen this? No. So- I, uh, I used to play Angry Birds a lot when I, like, man six years ago or something yeah forever ago when it came out and it was like you know you pay like a dollar or two and it was like the a a bunch of levels and it was really fun i played the free version well so i i I don't remember my memory shoddy on like how many different versions of this game there was but uh there's an article on gamesindustry.biz that's titled rovio gives fans the bird and basically they're like look we know you love this like 99 cent angry birds classic game that we made that has a bunch of levels and is very good and but we want everybody to play the free-to-play one that has all the microtransactions in it and Mm. nobody's buying that or no one's picking that one up because they search for angry birds and they find this classic one that's much better and they play that one and so what they're basically doing is they have rebranded that one to like some other thing that doesn't include the words angry birds (laughs) <laughs> and they're so that they can basically get everybody to start playing this uh the free to play one <laughs> it's just like a really dumb thing that uh phone games not i don't know what's about. going it's crazy that it's like so like everyone has a phone and that space is just like a cesspool yeah. like <laughs> I don't, it's so rare to find a good mobile game because it is so easy to just pump out like Here's the thing where you have to wait five minutes unless you want, unless you play, pay like 30 cents and then you can alleviate that and then just do that 50 times and all of a sudden we're rich. Well, and there are not like phone generations the way there are console generations. So like Angry Birds that came out like seven years ago could still run just fine on current whatever and look just as good as it ever did. You know what I've um, never played is uh, I feel like there are like giant pillars in the mobile space and angry birds is one of them one of the early pillars another one that i have never touched is plants versus zombies have you played that yeah that one's actually really good so PopCap, 
like way back in the day, they had Peggle and Plants vs. Zombies. And I remember those were like two of the first games that I got into playing on an iPhone 3G, like back oh, wow. in like 2010 or whenever that was. Forever ago. And they're very, very good games. And I feel like they've a little bit like I think those are still out there. Like you could probably actually pick up Plants vs. Zombies on Steam I remember for like five bucks or something, probably. We have a friend called uh, named Mike who uh, we would sometimes get to work early, and he had a a, a MacBook. He had Pagel on his MacBook, and I would just I would just watch him play Pagel, and that's how we would spend like two hours because <laughs> it was that fun to was watch. Yeah, that game is great. It was like one of the first uh, phone games that I ever played, and it like made perfect sense for like a touchscreen. But then they yeah. came out with like another version called like Peggle Knights or something like that Ooh. that I played on PC as well. It was great. You didn't the have to have one, like a powerful computer to play it. The other pillar that I've never touched somewhat on principle, but I guess I'm not opposed to it now is uh bejeweled. Oh, I like bejeweled. I've heard was, it's very think, good. And I think that's another pop cap game where oh, really? like basically all the great like pillars of like arcade games that you could play on phones or on computers were inevitably pop cap games yeah and uh yeah that was another good one like surprisingly like really good soundtrack to like the first two bejeweled games as i recall like really good Mm. (laughs) um but yeah i I don't know this angry birds nonsense is just like a really weird thing it is uh, weird i also A similar thing happened with uh, Words with Friends, I feel like, where every I went, there was a period of time where I feel like everybody played Words with Friends. And then they came out with Words with Friends 2, and kind of the opposite thing happened, where everyone was like, oh, this is not good. And so they released a Words with Friends classic that removes a lot of the extra like gameplay elements that they tried to incorporate into Scrabble. Um, but it's still all terrible. Like that, I forget what that company is, but Words with Friends now is just like, Every five seconds, there's a huge ad for something you have to click away from. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about the how phone games are basically, it's like a cesspool where there's like no sort of seal of quality yeah. or like anybody maintaining that space at all. Like it's just as bad on the Switch apparently. Like I sent you a screenshot yes. of a game. Uh, now this is a segment that uh, IGN's GameScoop podcast does like every week where it's, the Nintendo seal of quantity where <laughs> like nobody is there to like maintain like because obviously Nintendo was like known back in the day for their Nintendo seal of quality for like different games on like the NES, Super NES and Nintendo 64 generation. Um, and that now I guess doesn't really exist because they have just like these random little indie developers that make these garbage games that they sell for like a couple of bucks. And it, mm. they, their title for each of them is just like a word salad of like SEO terms to yeah. try to get uh, like the random parent that doesn't know what they're doing, searching for something. And they're like, Oh, this, this probably is a fun game for my kid here. And so they, the, the one I sent you was an image of a game titled, Deep Space Action Fire Sci-Fi Game 2023 Shooter Strike Simulator Alien Death Ultimate Games. and For like $5. For $5. It's just like there are any number of examples just like this on the Nintendo eShop. 
So uh, the eShop is evidently just as bad as uh, phones in terms of like just random nonsense on there that people are, are trying to get you to pay money for. But what about Katamari Damacy Reroll? What if I told you you could play that uh, for free? Actually, I don't know when huh? the trial was ending. But so if you're a Nintendo Online subscriber, you had a, a few days. I don't know if that time period is up yet off the top of my head. I think it was supposed to end on the 27th, which as we're recording this is a couple days from now. But like, I think this is the podcast will go up on that day. But uh, so, yeah, this is like when they did. Uh, what was that? Toad's Treasure Tracker game. Oh, yeah. Like they did this like a year or two ago with that game where they were like, if you have Nintendo Online, you can play this game for free for like a week. And then at the end of it, if you haven't finished it, buy it while it's on sale. Um, so a cool little thing. I know people like this game. Isn't this from like the PS2 generation? It's from a while ago. Every one of these Katamari games, I think I've maybe only played the first two, but they all have amazing soundtracks. Uh, yeah. So it's just a great game to turn on and vibe to yeah so i i haven't played this one but i think uh a lot of people are into it so give it a shot if it's you're still within the free trial period or like pick it up while it's on like a crazy sale i wonder if uh nintendo will have more katamari news at e3 this year well it turns out they are skipping e3 now skipping e3 is I mean, I'm loving your reactions to all of these, by the way. <laughs> but Nintendo confirmed that they are skipping E3 this year. Now, they have not had like an actual showcase at E3 for years now. Yeah. Uh, so when they say skipping E3, that just means they're not going to do the Nintendo Treehouse live at E3 the way they've done. They're not done. renting space, basically. Yeah. So I, that doesn't mean that they're not going to have some sort of Nintendo Direct like that week. Uh, during summer games fest and e3 and all of that but it will not be tied to e3 in any way and they won't have like an actual booth where people can go uh try demos for like upcoming games and stuff like that now this follows up on last week was it last week's news where microsoft i think and playstation were both like yeah we're also not doing e3 this year yeah, this was just basically a confirmation on Nintendo's side that that is true that they are not going to take part in e3 uh, I don't know if that means what IGN was saying it meant, that they had a light release schedule for later in the yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I still don't know if I believe that part of it, but um, one way or another, they're not going to actually be at E3. So I wonder if this means in a couple weeks if uh, all three of them will be like, but we are going to do Jeff Keighley's thing. <laughs> We're now a part of Summer Games Fest. Yeah, we watch uh, Jeff Keighley throw out an announcement in like a week or two to say all three of them are going to be at Summer Games Fest. Well, it's interesting because Keighley tweeted, he retweeted this uh, new, this Nintendo news with like a little cheeky like, it's not a me, Nintendo. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if he is like, not rubbing it in, but being like, oh man, I left E3 and they're all coming with me. Like he'll tweet something, he'll retweet like uh, when they announced that uh nintendo is going to be at summer games fest and be like it is a me uh, <laughs> nintendo well and so nintendo in their statement where they confirmed that they weren't going to be at e3 they they did say that they still like support uh the esa yeah the esa and e3 but they're just not going to have an actual presence at e3 this year mm. so it's not like they're 
necessarily done with E3. Like they couldn't maybe come back next year if they wanted to, but I will be so interested. So we both we we both watch uh Midmax content. Yeah. And and uh they revealed this week on the podcast that they're sending two of their cohorts to E3 this year, Leo and uh the Sarah Podzorski. So we'll have I mean everyone's going to be covering it, but I'm so curious to see what it even is. Like there's not going to be press conferences like uh, I, there there will probably be press conferences, but they won't be related to E3. They might be in the same time period. But what's it? What's the show floor going to look like? I'm so curious. There's yeah, not going to be those big anchor booths like in years previous. I would think. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on also. I think when Summer Games Fest is happening. Good point. Yeah, Keely could just are... be like, "Let's do everything in April and really shake things up." Yeah, because I mean, also, if those end up going simultaneously and but they're in like different locations, like I don't know how like the big games media outlets even handle that. That's true, like, because Summer Games Fest is going to be in person this year. So like if it's happening at the exact same time at different uh, places in L.A., that's going to be kind of crazy. Yeah, or I mean, it could be that they are basically just right across the street from each other and it's like no big thing, but... That would be crazy. And I, I think I would be into that because it would be great for people covering it. They, I mean, obviously that would give them a ton more work, but you'd get a lot more stuff that they could cover. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how those two sort of exist side by side. Yeah. But... Uh, and it'll be really interesting if they do exist side by side, but all three of the big, big three in the gaming end up going to Summer Games Fest and not E3. <laughs> I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I know something you like, Zach, and it's No Man's Sky. Yeah. So this last week, they had a big update. No Man's Sky Fractal uh, update 4.1. So basically... They have improved their HDR lighting and there's like some new content. There's a new uh, expedition. And one of the things that really got me into No Man's Sky last year was the expedition that they had. So these are the little things um, that you can start as like a separate save file, basically. And you start uh, with basically nothing the way you do when you start a new game. But you... It's it's got like a bunch of different objectives for you to do, and it's almost like a little self-contained story that you go through. And uh, it's fun to like see different places because it's a little bit more of a curated experience as opposed to like you have the entire universe to go explore and figure out what's going on. They they've like got specific uh, places for you to go and explore and find stuff. And uh, along the way, they're sort of giving you different upgrades that you kind of unlock faster than you do when you start a normal save. So like uh, by the end of it, they're like, okay, you can take the save that you started in the expedition and it's just going to like be converted into a normal save at the Mm -hmm. if you've completed the expedition. So if you haven't played No Man's Sky for a long time or ever and you're just getting into it, like do the expedition and then by the end of it you should have a a pretty solid base for like uh you know a main save if you wanted you're sort of Um, burying the lead here zach it's on psvr2 (laughs) it's on psvr2 this update includes 
uh, optimizations and gameplay changes for VR mode for uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously PSVR 2 just released, so they're going to have uh, support for PSVR 2. I do not intend on picking up PSVR 2, but it would. this would be one of the games that would be very cool to see yeah. in VR. Um, I would love to watch someone play it in VR, but um, I'm so curious to see. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I feel like I've been down on VR the past couple episodes just because there hasn't been a lot of good VR content. We talked a lot about PSVR VR 2 when it was released and stuff like that, but I do still believe in the promise of VR. I just think we're not, we're not, the content isn't there yet, but this is a great piece of content for VR. Yeah, for sure. If you have, uh, if you did pick up PSVR 2 and you were like playing Horizon or whatever, to have this also added, this is like a great value yeah. add for that, for sure. For sure. Um, at the end of the expedition, you unlock um, some special like cosmetics and some special stuff usually. And in this, uh, the sort of reward for completing this expedition is a speeder starship that looks like, you know, the Star Wars speeders from uh, Empire Strikes Back where they like fly around the Battle of Hoth and they're like, tying Ooh. those things to the walkers and they trip yeah. over and fall. It basically looks like one of those. Uh, and there's cool. like a, a helmet as well that you unlock that looks a little bit like a mixture of like Darth Vader's helmet with like a, a stormtrooper helmet. So it's, it's obviously not like a tie-in with Star Wars, but it, it the stuff you get for completing this expedition do seem very Star Wars inspired. So Interesting. <laughs> Pretty cool. Have you ever played a Call of Duty on Switch? Uh, is there a Call of Duty on Switch? I don't think so. I yeah, I don't. There might be in the coming years, but uh, did you see this? That Microsoft basically penned an agreement. Yes, to it's official. Bring Call of Duty to Nintendo hardware if their deal uh, buying Activision goes through. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize it was dependent on the deal. I believe it was. Maybe I am misremembering. But I, I I didn't read the article, so I assume you're right. But um, huh, that's interesting. I, I don't this know. This was I, uh, clearly an attempt by Microsoft to like convince the the powers that be that they are that letting them go ahead and purchase Activision would be good for the games industry and for consumers as opposed to uh, something that they need to block. I love my Switch. Before we started recording, you were talking about how you recently got a Switch OLED, which you also love. You traded mm-hmm. in your current one. Um, but, and I will say I've been playing, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I've been playing uh, Metroid Prime Remastered and loving it. But with that, I will say, I don't know that Switch is the a great place for shooters as far as I installed... Uh, apex legends at one point when they brought that switch and maybe it's just because i am used to looking at it on a playstation and a pc but it looks rough on uh (laughs) the switch console like i don't know i don't know if i would play i mean here's another thing wait call of duty is the one that has Warzone, right yeah i i don't understand how they could bring something like that to switch because it Warzone is like a hundred gigabytes well, that's why I think everybody is speculating that if the, they do go through with this, 
then it would be cloud based. It would be like the cloud version of Call of Duty. Which would be, yeah, that sigh that you just had is exactly everybody's (laughs) sort of feeling. So I know they were able to bring, uh, they were able to scale down the Doom games and get them running on the Switch. So like maybe that gives you a little bit of hope that it's possible. And same for like uh, Apex Legends. Like it doesn't look great for people who are used to playing them on like more powerful hardware. But like for people who just have a Switch just to be able to access those games. Um, I think that's kind of cool, but yeah, the speculation for now is that like Call of Duty is something that you probably could not or wouldn't want to scale down to be able to run on the Switch, such that the only way to make it happen would be through cloud. And their agreement, or at least the info that we have based on that is not specific as to whether they intend to do cloud versions or like maybe this is even a bigger project where they get Game Pass running on Switch. Because now, I, be- I believe that's interesting. I believe the xCloud like Game Pass stuff is not like it wouldn't be the same as like Nintendo's cloud thing. So they would almost mm. and I assume maybe because it's Microsoft that theirs is a little bit better than Nintendo's. I haven't tried any of the cloud-based games that are available on the to see, switch yeah but yeah if they could get game pass on running on the switch uh that would be something for sure even if it was just the cloud stuff but zach talking about consoles you revealed to me and perhaps you did tell me this earlier but i had no memory of it you you own an xbox series x i do yeah and you um, possibly will be we, we have we were talking about it before the podcast extensively but Starfield is uh, coming out exclusively on consoles for Series X. Yeah, um, so we were talking about maybe will I pick it up on console versus PC? And not to jump too far ahead, because I've been playing a little bit of Atomic Heart, and this is kind of what spurred the conversation. My computer is showing its age, hmm. and like it can still run stuff fairly well. Um, and I don't know if it's just because games like wild hearts and atomic hearts are maybe not as well optimized for pc as they should be um i know like when i looked at the reviews on steam for wild hearts there were a lot of mixed reaction to it because they were saying it wasn't running that well Mm. and i know they did like pump out a, a big update recently to try to improve things on pc so maybe i'm being too hard on my computer i'm not so sure but i've been playing wild hearts on series x and i've been thinking about switching over from playing atomic heart on pc to console specifically because i'm not so sure my computer is uh, up to snuff for like these latest releases which is why it's nice to have that console and it's now making me wonder do i want to play starfield on console now you have put an item in this show notes that i have actually not looked at that says Starfield's next showcase imminent. It's claimed. Yeah, so uh, Insider Gaming, I don't know how trustworthy this website is, but I feel like they're uh, they're not you know, untrustworthy because they've had some news stories in the past yeah. few weeks that have been good, but they say that a new Starfield showcase is imminent. And this is something that we've been waiting for for a long time. <laughs> and uh, they, they don't really have any 
information beyond that they're hearing that the announce or uh, yeah a new showcase is coming very very soon and so i would assume that that would mean that we're going to get an official release date and it would be it's nice crazy to that we get have this it, it would be nice to get this soon as opposed to waiting for the summer yeah i agree especially if I, they want to stick to their their statement that it's coming in the first half of the year it's coming by whatever whenever that showcase happened like june 16th or something yeah yeah within the, the a year from that previous showcase so it would be very interesting. I am just on the edge of my seat waiting for more news on Starfield about like, when it's actually going to come out. And I'm whether... primed for it. I'm primed to get that special edition. I, I yeah. think both of us have watched multiple videos about that uh, smartwatch you get with it because that like got leaked or whatever and people like had access to it. Yeah, I am definitely going to pre-order the collector's edition the second that goes up. So. I'm very excited about it. Hopefully um, soon. Now, you have not made a decision yet as to whether you want to uh, play this on your newly constructed PC or if you want to go out on a limb and pick up a Series X and play it on console. Here's the thing. There's pros and cons. Uh, I will say that I think that most Bethesda games are best played with mouse and keyboard. Uh and also buying something on Steam, I feel like is a better investment because I'll have it forever, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how many PCs I build. I can always just install Steam. Right. All the 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 inverse of that is that I do. It's not terrible to play on controller. I have to say they optimize it for playing on controller. I played through Skyrim. Uh, I think this no, maybe the first time I played through Skyrim on uh, Xbox 360 with a controller, and I had a great time. And also. I got a big old TV and it's uh if I want to like engage with my girlfriend and be like, check out this crazy game, look at my ship. It's easier to have like a play session with her if it's on the TV as opposed to just like, Hey, come like huddle up next to my computer and I'll show you all this stuff, which I definitely have done before. But, um, I don't know. I, uh, I really don't know. Cause another thing we were talking about, and this possibly might push me over the edge is special edition consoles. I, uh, I have the special edition destiny console when destiny first came out the first one i got the nice white ps4 that i still have to this day it works still works great and for big releases like for halo for instance halo infinite they released a special edition of the series x that was all cool to look at and i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to be like here is a special edition starfield uh xbox series x and that frankly might be the thing that tipped me over to getting it on uh, Series X. So I don't know. I, I I have long thought that an Xbox might be a good idea as far as just like a Game Pass machine. Yeah. To not like have to invest in so many games and then just be like, what do I do with this afterward? But I don't know. The longevity of Steam is like the main thing. I think it is. I do have this nice new computer that I I pretty much built to specifically play Starfield, but. And I do, I think, prefer to play it on mouse and keyboard, but I don't know. I it's uh I haven't decided yet, I guess. I'm still undecided, and I am eagerly anticipating the next showcase, which hopefully will be soon. Where did you play um Cyberpunk? Both. I uh on I cause I got on Stadia. It was the perfect situation. Oh, that's right. so yeah, yeah, you had it on Stadia. 
I played a lot of it on my uh, on my TV, but I also played, I may have done almost a, a pretty good 50-50 split of doing it on my computer as well as a TV. And it, that was a great experience. And frankly, if Stadia was still a thing, I would probably consider getting uh, Starfield on that just so I did have the option to switch back and forth. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the... <laughs> the great uh bummers about losing stadia as a service is that you those the ability to play stuff in the cloud without having to download it and yeah. to be able to have like a standard home console situation or like a play it on pc with mouse and keyboard and just being able to switch back and forth without worrying about where your save is it was just like there's a little bit now- of a bummer that that's going away if they did a thing and i don't know if if this is possible but like if I bought Starfield on like the Windows Store or whatever it's called now, if they did a thing where I could do cross like cross save, if like cloud save with an Xbox, then I think I would definitely get it on Xbox because then I, I could still have that uh, Stadia ability to go to a PC if I wanted to. But I don't know if that's possible or if that's in the well, pipeline. So here's the thing. You can subscribe to Game Pass and have the ability to download starfield on both computer and your console i don't know if the save file is like in the cloud so that you can jump back and forth it would make sense if it were but i have not tested this myself i'm sure somebody knows and we're just like out of the loop on it but yeah really it's not something i've really even researched because i was so sure i was gonna get on pc but I will say it's it's a very attractive concept to play it on a big TV. And that's maybe the only, the main thing pushing me towards getting it on an Xbox, but I mean you make a good uh case about just like the longevity of Steam as a platform as opposed yeah. to like a, whatever the current console generation is, but I had to rebuy Skyrim cuz I originally played it on 360 and then yeah. years later I was like, "You know what? I I think I want to play it again." But my 360 is like in a bag now and I haven't turned it on in years. It probably doesn't even work. So I had to rebuy it. Thankfully, Skyrim is constantly on sale on Steam sales yeah. for like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. But yeah, and it, uh, Starfield could be the next Skyrim where true. it's like every new console generation uh, and every like five to 10 years, they're just going to do like a re-release like the Skyrim special edition, the Skyrim super anniversary edition or whatever they call them. And here's something else. If I ever wanted to play it with mods, like having it on PC would be essential. Like there are so many insane Skyrim mods where like you can have Thomas the Tank Engine as dragons and (laughs) like just like crazy people. There's like entire uh, new islands you can go to that are completely fan made and are just like fan projects. There are whole new storylines, gameplay elements, things like that. And it's possible that that could be a thing with uh, Starfield as well. I just have to... It would only, I don't know that, I remember there was a time when they were talking about adding mod support to Xbox, to like some sort of Xbox marketplace. I don't know if that I, ever I happened. I think they did have mods for like Fallout 4 that you could get yeah. on console, but I never really played around with them. So I don't know. I mean, years from now, if I am, let's say like six years have passed and I'm like, man, Starfield was such a good game. I wonder if I could like, 
mod it like because skyrim right now you can install like you know 200 mods and make it look photorealistic almost like yeah you can really crank up the graphics if your computer can handle it you can do exactly that. Yeah, if your computer can <laughs> handle it so like six years from now if i'm like man i really want to revisit starfield and maybe play a different kind of character and also install a bunch of different mods so it looks like modern gaming uh i can't do that on an xbox series x because probably the new xbox will already be out and but i could if i had it on steam because that will always be there so I, don't I feel know. like a, I real... feel like these companies are getting smarter about backwards compatibility, though. So it's one True. of those things where I I would bet I, I don't know this because I haven't tried it, but I'm positive that I could put my old 360 Skyrim disc into my Series X and play Skyrim really that way if I was desperate to do that for some reason. But like I, like you, I have bought and rebought that game on pretty much every console I own. Yeah. I mean, ex- except for the Series X, but I have like the PS4 version, I have the Switch version, I have the PC version, and I have the 360 version. So it's just like I, it could be a situation where, like, as we continue on with console generations after console generations, um, it could very well be a thing where you just put your your Starfield disc into, or like. If you buy it digitally, you just like go into your account and re-download it. Because mm. um, I noticed um, I have digital games that I bought on the 360 generation that I can download on my Series X. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like, I think, like, we talked about Castle Crashers a week or two ago. Um, I saw that on there. I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally re-download that and play it. Man, I can I re-download de- Braid. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Uh, which was another nice bonus of actually owning the Series X in addition to the fact that it's just a great Game Pass box. But, like, I do actually still have some, like, physical 360 games around that I could probably pop in. And I know they, at one point, Microsoft did a showcase where they were talking about stuff. And one of the, um, like, nice little value adds for their um, backwards compatibility was that they actually have like the ability to sort of upscale things so that they run at like uh 60 frames a second and stuff like that with some of their older games so even if you're just put, putting in a 360 disc into your series x it can like run it at 60 frames and all of that so they they are getting better about backwards compatibility when it comes to console i don't it probably still doesn't quite match what you can do with uh with steam but we're getting there uh so just to make it a little bit more competitive with like the PC market. So, you know, what we didn't talk about is cause you were also trying to figure out Starfield, like PC versus Xbox series X, but you have a steam deck. Yes. Yeah, so that's a big question. Um, I'm going to guess that it's not going to run on the steam deck. Really? <laughs> day Does, one. Uh, well, maybe not day one, but eventually it probably will. Right. I mean, you'd think, I, I hope so. It depends. I did Bethesda like did they get rid of their launcher? Maybe I'm just thinking of uh, ESO because I know like you have to really jump through some hoops to get ESO running on the Steam Deck. And some of that is because when you launch ESO, there's like a little launcher that happens. Um, And I feel like every time a game developer puts a game on Steam, but when you launch it, it launches a different launcher like that pretty much always breaks it for the steam deck. It just makes it so that that's not going to work. Um, unfortunately. So I don't know, but I would almost put money on the fact that Starfield is not going to have steam deck support out of the gate. 
Like it might eventually, but what's this EA news? It's so in the game. EA, it is in the game. Dice is building another team to help make the next single-player Battlefield game. So, I feel like Battlefield has gone away from like the story sort of campaign mode, and they've just concentrated on multiplayer. Maybe yeah. I'm misremembering, but I no, feel I think like you're right. They've, I feel like they've maybe ditched campaigns for their their Battlefield games over the last however many uh, Battlefield games they've released, but. Um, GamesIndustry.biz put out an article saying that they are they they have a developer called Ridgeline Games that was supposedly making a single player for the next Battlefield, and they are adding another team to sort of support that group. Um, and it's very confusing to me why it would be like this, but um, the Ridgeline Games team is led by Halo co-creator Marcus Leto in seattle i'm not sure how you say his name hmm. but uh so yeah supposedly they're working on a uh, a new battlefield experience that's going to be like a single player thing and i hope that that is really fleshed out and they make something very cool and it's not just like you know the lame six to eight hour um, hmm. campaign that you're used to seeing i hope it is something more exciting than that but uh i feel like battlefield has not sort of uh kept up with call of duty not just in terms of like what they're doing with other modes but like in particular multiplayer but i also i still like battlefield (laughs) like i played a little bit of that last one uh back when it first came out i thought it was pretty fun people were kind of not into it for some reason but i thought it was kind of cool was it like backlash for only being multiplayer uh, I don't think it was that because I feel like they've had years to get used to that. But yeah, um, I mean, it is crazy. I, I've never really played one, but to watch it be played, their engine is just like insane. Like it looks yeah. so good. The Frostbite engine do- is exceptional for like environments. Like they yeah. just look incredible. But it's uh, evidently there are many think pieces and articles about how difficult that engine is to work with. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Zach, have you seen all this stuff about Sons of the Forest? It's blowing up on my feed. I have seen this. I have not looked into it, though. This is, I believe, a sequel to The Forest. It came out a couple of years ago. It's one of those uh, survival games, but there's also horror elements. And a ton of people that I see stream on Twitch are streaming this right now because it's apparently great to play in co-op. You can play in co-op. And it's very creepy. You have to survive on this island. There are cannibals on. And uh, there are, like, emergent things that happen that are very scary. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to play this. I'm going to say say, that right now. (laughs) It seems more like something to watch. I have definitely seen some of the people I follow on Twitch have been streaming it, but I have not been watching it. But But if you're interested (laughs) in horror games and especially like uh, co-op horror games, like I know everyone is really into um, uh, what's the name of that horror game where you're ghost investigators and you can play it in VR. You know what I'm talking about? Ghost investigators in VR. Yeah, like you're you're dropped in. It's like four people and it uses like you have to use the audio of the game because if you die, you just like your mic cuts out. I don't remember what it's called. Phasmophobia is what it's called. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that game. 
If you're into Phasmophobia and watching people play Phasmophobia, I think that Sons of the Forest is something else that you would really enjoy. So it's just a little recommendation for a game that I will never play <laughs> uh, and maybe never watch. And then you, you don't even want to watch it. I don't. I, know. I will. I should check it out now that we've been talking about it. I'm looking at some footage of it. I definitely would not want to play it, but if like one of the streamers I follow is playing it, it might be fun to watch. This past week on February 24th was the six-year anniversary of Hollow Knight, Zach. Yeah, and uh, we didn't get a, an announcement. No, we didn't, and that's a bummer. I was hyping myself up. The Silk Song subreddit and the Hollow Knight subreddit were both like, something's going to happen. All of February, they were like, something's going to happen. It's the six-year anniversary, and uh, they're nearing completion, so something's going to happen. Nothing happened. That's <laughs> fine. Two things did happen, though. Mossbag, who I've talked about on this podcast before, who is a pretty good uh, uh, Hollow Knight lore video creator. He has like maybe the definitive Hollow Knight lore video that you can take a look at, as well as an, an older one that's out of date. But you'll see that in the in like the thumbnail, it says like lore video out of date. There's a newer one that's like the mostly complete lore of Hollow Knight. But it's been a while since he did a video. He obviously he did a video when we saw that new trailer a couple of months ago, and that was great. He has great analysis videos of all of the trailers that have come out. But this week for the anniversary, he came out with a very long video. It's like an hour long or 57 minutes long discussing like uh, final things that have never been talked about in the Hollow Knight community, like lingering mysteries uh, of lore in Hollow Knight. And I watched this last night and very much enjoyed it. If you love Hollow Knight, you probably have already watched this because you already subscribed to Mossbag. But if you haven't, this is a very interesting video if you're interested in the lore of Hollow Knight. He gets into some very cool stuff. Uh, and there's maybe some slight spoilers for Silk Song because he, he speculates on some stuff we might see in Silk Song. Uh, the other thing that happened, maybe coincidentally it just happened this week, but there's a guy or girl, I'm not sure who it is, that has been for like five and a half years making an interactive map of Hollow Nest, and they finished. So you can go to this interactive map of Hallowness and zoom in pretty much all the way and uh, look exactly at the entire map of Hallowness. And it's very cool, especially if you're uh, like, you know, just interested in re-exploring re the world but not playing the game. Drop into this. You can zoom in all the way on pretty much any part of it. Uh, and it's very cool to see. Uh, not official in any way, but uh, painstakingly recreated. Um, this seems like incredibly useful if you're like yeah. doing a new playthrough of this game <laughs> for sure it's very very cool um so that's all the hollowness things i wanted to talk about <laughs> i have one more thing i want to talk about zach before we move on you just have in the show notes pizza tower a guy that i watched stream started playing this and it's actually very good uh really? it if you like Sonic the Hedgehog, I was a Genesis kid when I was growing up, and so I played a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog, and this is very similar to Sonic the Hedgehog, I think, and the art style is unique. <laughs> it seems to be <laughs> like everything is has a has the look of being made in MS Paint, but it's like very detailed, like there are so many animations for everything. Uh, as the, like the, best the art style is vaguely Ren and Stimpy. Yes, that's actually, that's very good uh, compare. It's like Ren and Stimpy made in uh, MS Paint. And it's, uh, I, it's, I think it's a very good version of like a modern day Sonic game. 
like but you could like this game could have come out on like an nes or something with just like the the play style that it is because it's level based you you go through a level and then you have to escape that level uh while like collecting little clocks uh i watched him play this game for like three hours <laughs> and i was like man this looks very fun to me and so i i think i might buy it and now it's i think it's like 20 bucks on steam and i think it's only available on steam or at least on pc be a good I mean. steam deck game yeah it, it's uh it seems very fun uh and it made me nostalgic for like loading up uh sonic and knuckles or whatever games where you basically just like have to keep going fast for as long as possible and chain stuff together um it's got very funny music i think the comedy of it is actually pretty good for and it's it's rare for me to actually laugh at a video game but stuff in this game happens where i chuckle to myself so if you are an old school person who liked like sonic mania for instance is a great example of a, a good modern sonic game if you like the speed of sonic of classic sonic and also just like the uh style i guess of ren and stimpy the comedy of ren and stimpy i think pizza tower is a great gem of a game that i haven't heard anyone talk about yeah every now and then there are these like little indie games that just like slip through the cracks and like nobody talks about them but they are like these hidden gems so it looks cool i might check it out uh this weekend and i will report back on it next week if i do play it but uh right now i'm of the mind that i will be purchasing this i am excited maybe we should even do a video on it perhaps uh but that's all of the pressing news for the week a lot of games out this week i will say yeah before we get into the games that are out and kind of what we've been playing do you want to run through the ps state of play i don't know why i called it the ps state of play. <laughs> playstation state of play that happened uh this last week i was excited not, for this there's not because- a ton of like super interesting stuff no. for us but like with i we mentioned this before we started recording but like nintendo and uh microsoft both like shadow drops like a cool game like during their little showcases that they had in the last uh, just within the last few weeks and so we're, with playstation doing theirs we we're like oh they're gonna drop something for sure like they have to now and so a little bit i thought maybe silk song but uh right no. by the uh, anniversary i was like man maybe something will happen but no sure enough we didn't get any word on silk song yeah, not not even a, a trailer uh, of any sort for that game. Yeah, uh, but they did show uh, some games coming to PSVR two. Not super interested in that. Yeah, uh, they showed Destiny two Lightfall, which reminded me that PlayStation owns Bungie now. That's <laughs> I completely true. forgot about that until I saw this, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess you can expect to see more uh, Destiny stuff featured in uh, PlayStation states of play. Um, they announced uh, that Chia game is coming out on March 21st. I don't know mm. if we knew the release date before that. Humanity was the one that kind of stuck out to me as like an interesting For me as well. looking game. It um, looks cool. You're a little like dog made out of light and you're guiding people. People were speculating or I guess likening this to Lemmings. And I think that is accurate. But the thing it reminded me more of is uh, Darwinia, which I think we did a video on back in the day. It was a blind spotting that we did. Oh, yeah. Darwinia is from the makers of Uplink, and it is a game where you're inside of a computer and you have to control these little green Darwinian guys. And it's very similar to Lemmings in that you are making a path for them and you have to get them to a location. 
And it seems like that's the main gameplay of this one is you are your little dog made out of light. And there's just like a huge mass of humanity, just like hundreds and hundreds of people that will follow you. And you have to like kind of guide them through these very interesting puzzles, uh, I assume, to get to like a, a place where they will evaporate or something i don't know how it it specifically reminded me of there are these like side levels in ratchet and clank rift apart where you play as clank Mm. and you're in this like weird uh realm where basically there are platforms and there's like just like a line of i assume like if i'm remembering correctly like different they're basically clank models, but they're just mm. like running in a straight line and you have to basically use different tools around the, the level to redirect them Interesting. to go to a certain area. And then once they hit like the door at the end, you've completed the level and you move on to the next one. Uh, it hmm. reminded me a lot of that. Uh, and then what else? Goodbye Volcano High. I don't think, neither of us are really into visual novels. Um, yeah. Naruto, Boruto, Ultimate Ninja Storm connections. That's fine. Baldur's Gate 3 is interesting to me, but I don't know that I'm going to be playing it on a console. I think uh, games like Divinity Original Sin 2 and Baldur's Gate, I feel like uh, are best played with a mouse. Yeah, that seems probably right. I know um, it was cool that um, Divinity Original Sin 2 came out on the Switch. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so, uh, cool to have it on that platform, but I did not play it on that. Um, got a release date of August 31st. Uh, GamesIndustry.biz had an article about how the disparity between the versions of the game on Series X and Series S were kind of behind some of the delays for the game, uh, specifically on Xbox, uh, which is just like more fodder for you know, the series S just needs to go away and they need to stop like forcing developers to uh, make their games be able to run on this Mm -hmm. like less powerful console. Uh, And then Wayfinder, this is that game that everybody says looks like one of those fake games that people are playing in like uh, the background of like a TV show (laughs) or a movie. Like it doesn't look like a real game. I don't even know what kind of game it is. I think it's maybe an MMO, but it like looks vaguely uh, World of Warcraft like, yeah. but I don't know. It's weird. I think it's yeah, also, it, you yeah. don't get a character. I think you play as a, uh, a character. It's like a Overwatch style where you don't have like a blank slate of a character you build from. You unlock characters to play as. Oh, really? I think. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, there is a beta for that game coming up, uh, I believe, this week as we're recording this. So if you are interested in this game, I guess you'll be able to check it out soon. Uh, Then they showed uh, three characters for Street Fighter VI, uh, Zangief, Lily, and Kami, and that game is coming June 2nd. We're not really fighting game people, so true. this didn't really speak to me. Uh, Then Resident Evil 4. People are excited about this one. There is a demo coming soon. They didn't say when, but the game is launching on uh, March 24th. And they just like referenced Mercenaries mode, which people are very excited about. Um, Which I believe Mercenaries mode, isn't that like the co-op like survival mode? Yeah, it's like wave based. I think you're right. I think I don't really know for sure, but uh, seems cool. I I feel like this will be like Dead Space remake when it comes out where everybody will be playing it and excited about it. But 
you and I will a little bit be like, eh, I don't know, this is yeah. not for me. <laughs> the uh, even though I did play this... Dead Space, but and you played uh, Resident Evil Village, didn't you? I did. Well, so the it's if this game doesn't have that core thing of the the other two Resident Evil games, where there's just like a creepy person just like chasing you down <laughs> constantly, maybe I will be more open to it. I'm not sure. I, I will probably just watch it though. The they ended uh, big, I guess. Um, a I don't 15 know. minute long showcase of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and yeah, in their defense, they did say this was specifically the Suicide Squad uh, state of play. So it's like everybody knew that this was the thing that they were going to spend the most time on. But uh, I was a little bit still hoping that there would be a one more thing. But the longer that this uh, little showcase went on, I was like. I feel like they're not going to do it one more thing after this. What did you think and about they this? Not. They, uh, it's, uh, it, it's not really what I expected. It's a lot more vertical. You had written down yeah. your notes that it's very vertical, but I was not expecting it to be as vertical. It seems like you're always juggling yourself in the air during this gameplay. I also did not anticipate this game being so vertical. Um, I, I definitely thought it was going to be more, ground-based and that it would look a little bit more like that marvel's avengers game yeah and, that's it and or that uh of, gotham knight what is that what's the one that yeah gotham hates? knights yeah 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 and and it is a little bit still in that vein i think but it's way more like you're actually you have like a, a sense of locomotion where you're constantly sort of moving and you're in the air and you're able to like hover and shoot at stuff and people were a little bit memeing on it because like it was constantly stopping to shoot at, at these purple glowy bits and but I, that's a very video gamey thing i i don't know if i was as against that as some of the people i saw but um now i don't know i loved arkham asylum and arkham city and i played through and beat both of them and had a great time I don't know if I'm into this, I have to say. Yeah, I don't. I just don't really like the Suicide Squad, to be honest. Like, I find those personalities, in particular um, Harley Quinn, to be very off putting. And I cannot picture a situation where I would want to spend like 60 plus hours with that group of characters. How does it work? Is another question I have. Because it, it seems like you're always together. Can yeah. you switch between characters on the fly, similar to uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, or do you pick one and, like, that's your guy? I thought, my understanding was that, um, you know, you can play it solo, in which case you can swap back and forth between the characters on the fly, or if you're in co-op, you just pick one of them, and that's the one you're using. Hmm. But I guess I don't know for sure. Um, I don't know. It's it almost looked like you were on a trampoline the whole time with the way they were playing it. And I don't know if I'm I thought it was going to be more ground based. I don't know. I what they showed. Uh, I think some people will be into. I think this will be better than that Gotham Knights game that everyone uh, said was not yeah. great. I, I mean, my impression I, was that it looked better than Gotham Knights and Marvel's Avengers. But yeah. I still am just not like. I don't think I'm the target audience for this. I don't think so either. I'm not a big DC guy. Um, Me neither. I don't really care. I think it was like a big deal that Wonder Woman showed up at the end and was like in this game, but 
Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I don't they, care about the they flash. Said, they said all the things that people don't want to hear, like um, you know, gear score and season yeah. pass, and yeah. like the, it's very much sounding like a a uh, game as service yeah. game, and people are not into that. We just had a story like a couple weeks ago about how like ten different game as service games were getting shut down yeah. this year, and they've only been out for like you know six months to a year. So like, it's not a good time to bring out this type of game, but like. Uh, Rocksteady is maybe one of the few people that you would think could potentially pull something like this off. I don't know. Um, there, there was a time when I was like, man, I like the idea, the Destiny style gameplay of constantly getting a new gun with new features and it's got, you know, a higher power level. That's a cool gameplay. Yeah. Loop. And just like it. the the constant, like week to week, here's new stuff to like more reason to log back in and keep playing. But I think like, I, I get it. <laughs> I think I'm good with that now. I don't think I need that yeah. anymore. I don't and know. I don't know what I've, changed. I don't know if I have just played enough Destiny to the yeah. point where I like because I also don't play Destiny anymore. So True. yeah, we're both off of it now. If I am not like able to get back into Destiny, I don't see another game. What I'm more interested in coming along and doing it for me is building the character and not having to swap stuff out. Uh, well, and that's the other part of it, and the reason why I think this and marvel's avengers and uh that gotham knights game didn't work is because you're not creating your own character to live in that universe you're playing an existing character yeah but that's uh suicide squad (laughs) kill the justice league should we talk about what we've been playing and watching yeah let's talk about what's out this week um so a lot of stuff came out uh atomic heart like a dragon ishin uh, Metroid Prime remastered the physical release. Uh, Kirby returned to the Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, Clive and Wrench, which I actually watched that uh, Kyle Bossman play for like a couple hours last night. Uh, seems like a fun sort of Banjo-Kazooie style, um, like retro uh, inspired platformer uh, collectathon type of a game that is like maybe 25 bucks. I feel like this would be great on either the Switch or the Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, I am into it. I have not picked it up, but I might try to play this eventually before the end of the year at some point. Uh, And then Octopath Traveler 2 is out, and everybody's very into that. Uh, And then uh, as we're recording this, it'll be next week, but Destiny 2 Lightfall and Scars Above come out. So have you had a chance to play any of this stuff? No, I have been still playing Metroid Prime. I almost said Metroid Prime Dread. But uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Metroid Dread Prime. I, uh, I've i been loving it. I, um, I'm progressing. Like I said last week, I have had to look up where to go a couple of times, but it's great. I, uh, I love that you can do... I think it would have been very hard for me to play on GameCube with the old control scheme. I briefly oh, yeah. tried out the old control scheme because you can switch back and forth. So I was just like, let's try the classic one. I did not care for it. Um <laughs> But yeah, I've been just playing that pretty much. Has been whenever I have time to play a game, I'll load that up. What about you? So my physical copy of Metroid Prime Remastered did show up. I know last the last time we talked about it, uh, I had pre-ordered it on Amazon, and they were like, "It's coming out on the thirteenth, uh, like a full week ahead of the actual release date Nintendo gave." And I was like, "Really?" And then, no, that did not happen. And they were like, it's actually now shipping on March 27th, more than a more than a month after the release date. And I was like, well, this sucks. 
But I was like, there's so many other games out, whatever. I'm fine with waiting that long. And then a copy that I had pre-ordered and completely forgotten about on Best Buy showed up at my door. I was like, oh, I guess I have this copy now. And so I canceled my Amazon pre-order. So I have a copy of it. I haven't even cracked it open because I've been uh, busy playing two things. I have started Atomic Heart and I've been obsessed with Wild Hearts. Yeah, so you um, talked about Wild Hearts a little bit last week as well. Yeah, so this is that Koei Tecmo uh, Monster Hunter-like game that is way uh, more accessible, I think. Way easier to get into. There's not like walls of text that you have to read for hours on end before you actually get into the action. Uh, and then it, it, once you do get into the action, it's not like menus on top of menus to try to figure out what like what all equipment you have and all of this stuff, but... Um, way less dense, way easier to get into, and I'm having an absolute blast with it such that I have not put very much time into Atomic Heart, which I thought I was going to be into. I have played for maybe two hours, I want to say. I've heard the opening is very strong. Yes. So the intro is very, very good. Very strong world building happening there. And then once you get kind of beyond that, it starts feeling a little bit like sort of a, a Dead Space slash Resident Evil style game. Not in that it's like oh. survival horror, but in that you're going from like corridor to corridor to room and you're doing some combat. But you're always like trying to pick up ammo because you're always a little bit low on ammo mm. for your weapons. And then you'll have like a safe room where you can like save and interact with a vending machine to like buy some upgrades. Mm-hmm. And then you go back out again. So it kind of has a structure somewhat similar to that. Um, I hate the protagonist. <laughs> That's the I I I think maybe it was Midmax or somewhere else or uh, like a review on Game Informer, but they were like, if you didn't like the protagonist in Forsaken, Forspoken. I have bad yeah or for Forspoken yeah, I have bad news for you about uh, Atomic yeah, Heart. I I thought that independently uh, before I had heard the, some of those other shows, I was like I, the comparison. Uh, came to my mind as well, even though I didn't play for Spoken. Yeah. But basically, it's very apt because your character talks too much. Mm. You don't like what they say when they say it. <laughs> and they have a like glove slash gauntlet in both games that has like an AI that's like constantly talking to you. Yeah. And so there's supposed to be like banter back and forth between this AI that's on your wrist and... Uh, the main character, but the main character is like randomly for no reason, just very mean to him. And I don't understand <laughs> why there, there were multiple times in the early going of this game where I was like, why is my character being so mean to the glove? The glove seems to be trying to be helpful. And the guy is just being very mean. Um, is the guy like doing all this against his will? You know, it, it seems like he is doing it because he's like, um he's like an agent i think for like whoever the whatever the powers that be are and um like somebody's just hacks like all the automatons and makes them think that humans are evil and that the automatons must destroy them and so now he's like um fighting back against them and now he's just like very angry all the time and does not <laughs> like the glove that he's with I don't know. So a very apt comparison between Forspoken and this. If you didn't like 
uh, that character, you're probably not going to like this one. And, I like uh, a silent protagonist, I have to say. Give me a good yeah, Gordon say, Freeman. I was going to say, like, people were talking about how much better it was that Isaac uh, spoke in the Dead Space remake and he wasn't a silent protagonist. But sometimes you can <laughs> you can overdo it uh, when you go the opposite way. And that's what's happened here. Mm. Um, also, my computer isn't running it super well. So I've been a little bit like playing it in very short bursts because... I feel like I've had this problem with some of the old Fallout games like Fallout 3 and New Vegas where it was something about the art style and like the movement and like the fact that you're interacting with small objects Mm. and um, like the frame rate's not always consistent and there's like just a little bit of choppiness to it that it kind of messes with my eyes and kind of gives me a headache and makes me feel a little bit sick after a while. I'm definitely having that with uh, Atomic Heart. And so I've been playing it in short bursts. Um, I may keep going with it, but like it's hard for me to feel motivated to play it when I'm like all I want to do right now when I sit down to play a game is play more Wild Hearts. Yeah. Um, But I definitely am not as into Atomic Heart as I thought I was going to be uh, before it came out because they they had that trailer that looks so cool. And I was like, man this is going to be great. And now that I'm playing it, I'm like, do I even want to keep playing it? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, Other than that, I've watched a little bit of that psych odyssey uh, documentary about psychonauts too. People are raving about it. How do you like it? Uh, It's very good. It's very cool. It's very interesting to see like the background or like behind the scenes of like game development, but also like, it's like 30 some episodes and some of them are like (laughs) 20 minutes long and others are like over an hour. And it's just like, they could have easily sold this to like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. I'm surprised they just released it for free. Yeah. Instead they just like, here it is for free. Go watch it. It's great. So it's very cool. I I recommend it, especially if you like Psychonauts too. I loved that game. So definitely recommend it. Do you have any parting wisdom? I will say, you know what I did? yesterday and it was like kind of a game changer when i first got my phone i have a pixel 6 pro i had a little bit of a dilemma with what phone case to buy i was like you know what i'll just buy two and if i don't use one that's fine and i did that and i liked one of them and i tried the other one on. i was like this is fine but i like the other one but this week this past week yesterday I was like, you know what? Let's let me swap it out and I'll try this other phone case. And it's like I have a different phone. It's like I just bought a new <laughs> phone. So if you like your phone, but you're kind of like, um, maybe I want another phone, just try swapping the case out and it will feel like a whole new device. You know, I used to do that all the time, except instead of getting a new case, I would just take the case off my phone that I've had for a few years and was thinking about upgrading in a little while anyway. And I was just like, I'm just going caseless and it feels like a whole new thing. And because I'm probably going to get a new phone anytime now, if I drop it and crack it, like who cares? No big deal. Yeah. So that's another option. Go caseless. Go caseless or like just get a handful of cases and try different stuff out. Yeah. I mean, the case market, especially for, I feel like Android phones is rich on Amazon. Even before the phone comes out, people... Like there's a ton of companies that just pump them out because they're just pieces of plastic. So you can get Mm -hmm. like three cases for under $30 probably and just like mix and match. Yeah. 
and most of the cases don't cost that much so you yeah. can like pick up a, a handful of them for still relatively cheap and don't feel like you're to- you're locked into a case it's very easy to take a case off a phone at least most cases yeah i don't like the big like otter box one that nor do li- i no yeah it, it's like you're carrying around a brick yeah <laughs> like i it's you know it's a tank you can't destroy your phone if it's in that but like i don't know it, it makes it too big i don't like it but i think it's gonna do it i think it is yeah i am excited to play more wild hearts maybe we'll talk more about that on next week's podcast and then i will try to get around to more atomic heart i don't maybe i will even try to jump into metroid prime remastered so we can since i know you're also going through that i don't know how far you are i will maybe be done with it by the time next week rolls around we'll see we'll see how much i dive into it today now i think march is a little bit light on releases which is good because it'll give us time to get caught up up on stuff that came out this month because it was like non-stop all month long um so yeah we will uh catch you on the next one goodbye goodbye